Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Dumas, Texas, featuring biblical teaching and preaching from God's inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word. If you live in the Panhandle area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you at First Baptist Church. We meet every Lord's Day for Sunday school at 9 a.m. and morning worship at 10.30 a.m. We also have midweek discipleship opportunities for all ages on Wednesdays. For more information, visit us at fbcdumastx.com. That's fbcdumastx.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Now open your Bible as we explore God's Word together. You know, we're in a culture that anticipates and loves to recognize new beginnings. We're going to, we'll do one in, a, in about a week as we celebrate the new year. There will be parties and TV specials and resolutions. And my mom, when we were growing up, made us eat black-eyed peas on New Year's Day. And so all of those things that come with new beginnings. We do it with the school year where the kids get new clothes and backpacks and new supplies. And then all of the pictures, of course, that have to be taken around that time. Probably the easiest one that we see our culture celebrate is when babies are born. This has become such a big deal. Uh, it's the surprise of telling everybody that the baby is coming. And then there goes to the gender reveal party. And then you have to prepare the nursery for the new baby. And then there's, uh, I know that the moms don't know this, there's a party that goes on in the waiting room, in the waiting area, uh, definitely not the delivery room. Uh, but as the anticipation of the baby being born, and then obviously the celebration that comes after. We love to celebrate new beginnings. So as you turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which will be our main passage today, I wonder if you are like me. I love what the celebration of this season does for us and refocusing us towards our Savior, it reminds us of the promise that God gave Israel of a new beginning. As Matt mentioned last night, and time after time, and story after story that we read, God was pointing, preparing the Israelites for the coming Messiah. Isaiah paints what I feel like is a great picture for us. So let's stand as we read just this one verse here. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thank you. You may be seated. This is God's inerrant, infallible, and inspired word. Let's pray. God, this morning, as we worship you through the, through the reading and teaching of Scripture, God, we ask that you would impart on us wisdom to be able to apply and understand what your word has for us today. In your name I pray. Amen. It is certain throughout the Bible that of the importance of, of given names. In the verse that, uh, that we read here in chapter 9, this is an expansion 
from Emmanuel in, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Emmanuel means God is with us. God is among us. And so this is an expansion of that name, Emmanuel. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, so as we look at this passage further, and we look at how it prophesies the deity of the coming Messiah, in these four names that we just read, and the names that he will be called, names that offer hope to a people who need their Jesus. Jesus, a name which means the Lord is our salvation, our Savior. A people that need their Emmanuel, God who is with us, who is coming for his people. So let's look at these four names. The first of these four names that, that we read was Wonderful Counselor. This is separated maybe um, in, in, depending on what translation or version of the Bible that you had, sometimes separated with a comma. And it was done that way in the original text as well. But each commentary that I read said that these two words were meant to be with each other. Wonderful, describing counselor. And it displays the supernatural wisdom that will come from this God-man who is divine in nature. Turning over just a couple chapters to Isaiah chapter 11. In verses 1 and 2 it says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and fear. Of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1, it says, O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. And again in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 29, it says, The Lord of heaven's armies is a wonderful teacher, and he gives the farmer great wisdom. Amen. God is with us, will be a wonderful counselor. The second name that we see here in this passage is Mighty God. He's a protector of his people. And this, again, is an affirmation of his divine nature that will be shown. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, it says, for the, Lord your God is, for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. Turning over to Psalm chapter 136, verses 1 through 3. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. There are many instances in the Old Testament as the writers proclaim there is no one like 
God. My favorite, though, I think comes from Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 2.2, where she said, No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. And I'm also reminded of the old gospel chorus, Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is he. God with us will be a mighty God. The third name that we see here used in this passage is Everlasting Father. And there's so much that's wrapped up in these two words of this title. It brings eternal divinity to mind in that he has been and will not need a successor. His reign is everlasting. He has been here before and will not need someone to come in and follow him. Solomon says in Psalm 72, 17, may the king's name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun shines. I personally love John chapter 1. Matt read this last night. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The light that will never be extinguished from our Lord and Savior. God with us will be called the Everlasting Father. The fourth name that we see here mentioned in this passage is the Prince of Peace. The divine orchestrator of peace in our world and peace in our own lives. Isaiah goes on to say, back in our main passage, uh, in the next verse in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, he says, His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Paul then in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you, you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He will be the author of peace. God with us will be our Prince of Peace. So we see Emmanuel here, God with us, Jesus as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, 
the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And each of these leads us to the manger, the story of the birth of that promised Messiah, Jesus. In the Heidelberg Catechism, it says, Why is the Son of God called Jesus? Is that a Savior? The answer is, Because he saveth us and delivereth us from our sins. And likewise, because we ought not to seek, neither can find salvation in any other. So let's turn, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. And this morning, we're going to read the Christmas story. As I read, I want you to follow along. Obviously, it's on the screens, but I'd love for you to follow along on your own in your own scripture, whether you brought your Bibles this morning or can, can look it up, my notes and all the scripture in the Version app this morning. So follow along with me as we read this, this story out of Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks 
glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Maybe you come today like the Israelites. You've experienced loss. Maybe you're in a time of suffering. God sent the promised Messiah to begin the work of salvation among them. German theologian Kaspar Olevianus said, Since God, who cannot lie, commanded from heaven that his son manifested in the flesh be given this name, Jesus, that is Savior, I know for certain I have the assurance that he fully and perfectly saves me, body and soul. Faithful is he who bears that splendid name, Jesus. He will do what he promised. Jesus has also been born for your salvation as well. God is still 100% in the business of the salvation of his people. And perhaps you're at a point today where you need a new start. Disappointment, suffering, loss. Maybe you've been wondering, like the Israelites, where is God in this? And why hasn't he done what he thought we might, that he might do? This morning, you're going to have an opportunity to renew or begin your trust in him this morning for the first time. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, just a few verses before what, what our main passage was this morning. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those that live in a deep darkness, a light will shine. John answers this in his book with a couple verses that we've read already. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Down in verse 14, it says, So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's pray. God, this morning, we come to celebrate Jesus and who he is and what he has done. God, we know that this is the beginning of the story for him. But God, it's the beginning of the promise that you had made to your people. So this morning, God, we come to celebrate 
the light of the world to celebrate this promise of a new beginning in our lives. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about what it means to follow Jesus as Lord, you can email us at fbcdumas at hotmail.com. It's fbcdumas at hotmail.com. You can also reach us by phone at 806-935-5604. We'll see you next time.